I've waited 11 years to play a raptor. Yep. <laughs> I just love television so much. 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 We all do. Well, I mean, it's part of my life now. That's <laughs> what I always do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Your first IMDb credit. <laughs> raptor. Number one. Raptor is raptor. <laughs> Rapture. I'm actually going to change the my name. During the rapture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the name of the film. It's amazing. It was really high budget. <laughs> like. like we're talking first season of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Absolutely. Also sponsored the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just drinking. Or just have like a bottle of it in my hand the whole time. And by hand I mean claw because I'm playing a raptor. Exactly. How do you hold basketball, basketball on the other <laughs> Yep. Slam dunk, but you puncture the ball each time. <laughs> so your teammates are really annoying. And I'm just like... <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, let's pitch that to someone. Okay. Who do we know that we can pitch to? Well, I'm sure Malik. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Terrence Malik will be all over this project. <laughs> It'll be shots of grass the whole time. He loves dinosaurs. Tree of Life. There's lots of dinos. Yeah. They're in there. They're definitely in there. Why? No one knows. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well. Okay. Welcome. Welcome to the show. That's another good one. Thank you. <laughs> we are joined by our very good friend and colleague, Marie Antoinette. <laughs> Queen of France. <laughs> You can say my name. <laughs> okay, um, well, we, we won't work with that pen name then. <laughs> I'm, really to him, if you will. Yeah. I'm really trying to make it work for me. <laughs> anyway, we're joined by our good friend, Katie. Katie Connell. Connell. <laughs> um, I'm Laura. I'm Steph. And this is another episode of... Get a Grip, Dude. I almost said go more class. I know you did, and so I interrupted you. Um, so, uh, if this, this is, is episode your, number three, yeah, if this oh, is I'm your sorry, first time this. listening, um, we'll tell you a little bit about the show. Basically what happens is you write in your questions anonymously on our Tumblr page. Getagrouped.tumblr.com. <laughs> that's what it's called. Um, and, uh, then we go ahead and we answer your, uh, your like questions and, um, solve your problems using lessons that we've learned from television. We have a few questions today that are very pressing. Obviously, people need answers. Hello, Katie. Thank <laughs> you for joining us to help us solve these props. So really, what you do is very similar to what Hannibal Lecter does as a psychiatrist. You oh, help yes. people with their problems and turn them on themselves. And then eat them. <laughs> and then eat them. Oh, yeah. oh wait. <laughs> what? That last part, we definitely do. So don't worry about um, that. This is going to be out of <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> no, it won't. Um, well, should we get right into it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, our first question comes to us from Anonymous, uh, oh, who Anonymous. has it's got Keep a lot of problems. The <laughs> collective. <laughs> um, and uh, Anonymous has, uh, has a very important question that um, Katie is going to help us answer today. What meal should I cook? to impress at a dinner party. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, Katie, what, what show did you uh, decide to focus on? I picked uh, the show Hannibal, mm -hmm. um, created by Brian Fuller and recently canceled. Um, R.I.P. Save Hannibal. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> <Save. laughs> Um, which is which is too bad, but I hear it wrapped up quite quite nicely. Did you not finish watching it? I haven't seen season three yet. I um, haven't either. I kind of like to save it for one solid solid go that right, I yeah. can control. That is, dare I say, my design. <laughs> oh I boy! Dare you? Yeah. Um, and I feel like Hannibal is the natural answer to this question of <laughs> what meal to impress when yes. organizing a dinner party, because obviously it is human flesh mm -hmm. in its myriad forms. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laura's a vegetarian, guys. <laughs> yeah, can you not? Um, I also have never seen the show, so this was my first time ever watching Hannibal, which was an interesting... It was an interesting uh, experience. 
experience. What are your first impressions? <laughs> okay, let's just jump right in. I guess. Yeah. Okay, here's a few questions. Number one, first episode, Hannibal, Cannibal. That could have been solved immediately. <laughs> You're like, obviously, he's the one doing it. His, His name, name rhymes cannibal. with the thing. They do cannibal stuff. Yeah. Well, How here, why don't we? Why don't we just hear quickly from Doctor Chilton? Hannibal the cannibal. That is what they'll call him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so see, the, it's, it's the first time they actually say it on this show, though. Really, the yeah. very first time. It's, two and a like a season and a half in. Yeah. It's very satisfying when you <laughs> yeah. hear it. And often it does feel very obvious that he is the killer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, there were... Okay, so that was the one thing. Like, that could have been solved probably for this episode. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, do they ever explain his accent? No. Because he clearly has an accent. I think it's explained in the books, but I haven't read the Because in the books, I've read... I've never seen any of the movies either, but I have read Hannibal Rising. Okay. Which is a terrible, terrible, terrible book. Okay. But he... In the books, he's from Poland. He's Polish. Oh, okay. Oh, right. And, and, I do remember... And his... Yeah. He, he, his family gets killed in World War II, and these, right. these Nazis um, eat his... He watches right. them, like, eat his younger sister. Right. Which is how he becomes a... I guess so. It, it seems to me that if you saw somebody eat a dear family member of yours, that you wouldn't automatically go, well, that's what I'm going to do to everybody else now. But, you know, I guess I'm not a serial killer. You know, uh, Hannibal the Cannibal? Debatable. I don't know if they would have shown that on the show, but I kind of like that they, that they don't, because yeah. I find those sort of traumatic backstories can yeah. often create this deep empathy and it's kind of nice that Hannibal is just yeah. absolutely a also, psychopath. Also, it's almost definitely just Mods' regular accent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Mods. Yeah. Mods. And in the films, Anthony Hopkins had sort of a hybrid American, maybe... British. British right. accent. Yeah. Affectation. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. So it's confusing and multiple. I don't think it matters that much, though. What quite honestly, happen? yeah, no. No, I it's think... just quite different. Clearly different from everyone else, and no one seems to care. Yeah, or not care, but like, I just wondered if if it ever like there was but, a backstory. Yeah, no, they they never really address it, or they haven't to this point. We will see season three. It's Hannibal rising. <laughs> it's, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, is Hannibal just getting elocution yeah. lessons? Yeah. Um. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know how the um, storyline works. Like, is it Red Dragon? Like, Sam's I think it's Hannibal Rising is the very first because it starts out. Yeah, I, that's the only one I've read, and I haven't seen any of the others or read them. But Hannibal Rising starts out with him as a boy, and right. then after all this stuff happens to him during World War Two, then he goes to med school as a young man and tries okay. to track down the Nazis that killed his sister. Yeah. Spoiler! Spoilers for Hannibal Rising. Well. Spoilers for that book came out like thirty years ago. <laughs> Spoiler alert: the Titanic sinks. Okay. Okay. I think there are cool. many, many books too. Yeah. I think there are more than yeah. three. Yeah. yeah. I think so too. But they're. I mean, if they're all as atrocious as Hannibal Rising, then they are truly atrocious. So let's let's talk about what happens in this episode. Okay. Right. Um, do you want me to tackle that one? Yeah, well, for sure. Well, we find Will Graham, uh, sort of the central character of the show who experiences pure empathy that's his thing um <laughs> that's my thing so they just sort of bring my him on thing to- is pure empathy <laughs> like this milk commercial my vice is pure empathy but this is my vice is slice commercial and it really is his vice because it makes it so that he is able to empathize too much with hannibal who is dreadful and a dreadful human being that's um, so sensual yes yeah that face <laughs> that voice that, that, that just straight across those lips that just mm. a line straight a beautiful the- beautiful straight line <laughs> yeah we can talk about the kiss later because i find oh, whenever one, very uncomfortable especially since you know that they've probably uh when he kisses uh this one woman in the show alana alana bloom alana um <laughs> yeah it's it's quite disturbing because you know they've just been eating people uh yeah, yeah. yeah that makes the kiss so much more disturbing but anyways yeah we find will mm-hmm. will graham in prison for hannibal's crimes he's been he's been framed and he's trying to essentially get everyone at the fbi to realize that hannibal is really the culprit here and 
uh, Hannibal has sort of begun to kill again after a bit of a hiatus. And, uh, and basically, Will Graham says, the reason that you'll know that he's the killer is that when these crimes start to happen more frequently, he'll be having a dinner party. If the Ripper's killing, you can bet Hannibal Lecter's planning a dinner party. You and I probably sipped wine while swallowing the people to whom we were trying to give justice, Jack. Oh, here, I had a quick question, and this is just, I mean, I could have probably researched this, but how do they all know each other? I'm assuming that we're They're just best friends. <laughs> Friend finder. <laughs> um... I mean, I assume that Will worked with Jack at one point. So Will was uh, employed by the FBI okay. to use his pure empathy to solve crimes. Okay. Do um, you think he just put out an ad in the paper? Yeah, oh, for sure. They're like, <laughs> seeking someone with pure empathy. And Will is just like unemployed, like looking in the He's paper. He's like, ah, I've got that. Wow. The perfect job. <laughs> I think he's like a professor or something. Yeah, he also teaches at the FBI. So I think in the backstory, he was sort of trained as a cop. Um, but okay. his sort of empathy brings up various various yeah, okay. problems um, okay. and sort of advantages. So you find like there's this line between the FBI like overworking him, like bringing him on to too many crime scenes, and the fact that he is also slightly unstable okay. Um, okay, okay, okay. as a pure empath. Right. And how do they all know Hannibal? Hannibal is friends with <laughs> he's friends with Alana Bloom so Alana Bloom also is a psychiatrist who works for and is employed by the FBI and he was her former mentor so and sort of teacher so that when they when they decide to start bringing Will onto crime scenes very regularly to um, sort of experience his empathy and discover what the killer's design was in a particular crime Alana says you know Maybe Will shouldn't get too close to these murders, and we should have him see a psychiatrist. I know the perfect one. My former teacher, Hannibal, Ender Hannibal. Okay. And Will starts to see him as a psychiatrist. Okay, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, so uh, some interesting things about the episode, for sure. Um, this this episode is far more... or I, From what I remember, I watched the show quite a while ago, uh, but it's a lot more, I guess, artistic than some of the other episodes. They spend a lot of time in kind of montage and music and creating shots that aren't... They're, they're moving the plot forward, but they are a lot about the look of the shot. Yeah. Um, I think the show in general requires a lot of patience, and uh, it's a show that you have to be really invested in in order to continue forward because they do play so much with time, and I guess it's very conceptual. Mm -hmm. Well, I wrote down that it's very Fuller-esque, because I, I mean, I don't watch the show, but I used to really love Pushing Daisies, and mm -hmm. I think you can tell it's the same person, because right. it's very aesthetically, like, put together in a very specific sense. But also, I feel like this is, this is like, coming into vogue now. Like, I was also writing down that, like, this, you can see this kind of thing also on, like, Sherlock. And, yeah, like, it's true detective to a certain extent. Just these very... It's very filmic, right? Yeah, um, and, you know, moving from one shot to another with, like, these things that come out of the one shot into the other and the mm -hmm. music in the back. It seems to be kind of on vogue these yeah. days. The, the transitions are... Yes, um, transitions. Yeah, are um, a little bit more... Yeah, even, even more so in this episode, though, I'm finding... They, they are bleeding one into the other, bleeding because of the meat. Um, <laughs> Whoa. God, yeah. don't say the word meat. <laughs> oh, poor vegetarian ears. She's going to just crumble. Laura, would you RSVP yes or no to Hannibal's dinner party? Well, it sounds like he has some sick salads, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell to the yeah. Yes. I am aware. And I am grateful that I have trouble digesting animal proteins, as the last meals I have shared with Hannibal Lecter have all been salads. Can we talk about how much... I'd like to share some of those salads. Yeah. Um, Dr. Chilton is my favorite character in this show, I think. I can't um, tell if he's evil or just hilarious. That's kind of the best part. 
And they do later on in the season, they do sort of think because he fits the same profile as Hannibal. He's a psychiatrist. He's sort of interested in power and dominance, but clearly he's also very much not a a serial killer. He's kind of um, anxious and nervous person. He is clearly corrupt. Like he doesn't doesn't play by the rules, you know. Uh, But (laughs) he. <laughs> Definitely, uh, he he doesn't play by the rules. I just love this character because he is so understatedly funny I, and doesn't mean to be a lot of the time. I don't think, and just as hilarious in mm-hmm. all of his subtle movements and such. His facial expressions and his the the, the sort of physicality that he brings to the character, even just like a slight turn of the head or an eye roll, just adds the sort of sass and dark yeah. humor that's mm-hmm. so perfect mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and often this is a show that just going back to the visual sort of devices that sort of verge on the surreal or sort of art house type uh, yes. type of imagery uh, the show some of the discussions can feel very long and pretentious mm-hmm. and just philosophically dense in a way that is unnecessary and forces me to fast forward uh, oh so really <laughs> fast yeah. forwarding no because mostly for me I find that I have to rewatch in order just to be on the same yeah, plane. I feel like I don't need to hear Hugh Dancy and Mass Nicholson talk about Nietzsche. It's it's not really <laughs> interesting or any sort of um, in-depth discussion of Fair, yeah. Nietzsche that I'm looking for. And, uh, <laughs> what, you don't want to get all of your philosophy chats from Mass Nicholson? Because I know I do. <laughs> I would I would love to. I would I would love Matt's. Maybe not Hugh. <laughs> But yeah, I, I what think... What are you saying about you? Pure empath. Yeah, just maybe that would be a bit too much for me. He would maybe. be too dominant in that he would know how much about Nietzsche that I don't know. Oh, <laughs> you know what they say about dominance. He is attracted to medical and psychological fields because they offer power over man. Cannibalism. Cannibalism is an act of dominance. Okay, can we talk about the music? <laughs> we can definitely talk about the music. It's like Harry Potter level. Like, I have almost expected... Wouldn't that be great if all of the music I... in Hannibal was replaced with the Harry Potter soundtrack? <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if magic was in the show? <laughs> it was just a device. Just like, while we're having the montage... <laughs> Mads making all of the food. It's like, yeah. I would love that. Yeah. I would love it. He would have several house elves <laughs> help him. Aww. He's kind of like the Bellatrix Lestrange. I would say. Uh, well, I guess not. I guess he's more like Voldemort. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Chilton's, uh, when he just delivered that that quote, what I love, just, again, with the physicality of his character, he's, like, playing with his cane, because he was recently um, sort of disemboweled by slightly, just by one of his of. patients, like um, Abel Gideon, who comes up again in this episode and is incredible. But, yeah, he's playing with his cane, and he's always doing this sort of narcissistic, very, it's a very layered performance. He's, mm-hmm. The actor's clearly thought. Well, he's he comes from theater, um, Raul, Raul Esperanza. Yeah. Um, and he's played roles such as uh, the MC in Cabaret. Uh, okay, I can see. And that. so I, I just I wish I had seen that. Um, as well as uh, he played the main role, the Bobby in uh, Company, which is all on YouTube. Yeah, um, the first YouTube hit I saw when I U- YouTubed his name because I was looking for interviews with him because I just find him so hilarious and I would love to be best friends. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the copy that the first um, the first um, link or YouTube video was him singing "Defying Gravity," which my oh, really? grade seven self felt very happy. Oh about. yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, was he in Wicked too? I think Wicked, he, the sequel to Wicked. Yeah, <laughs> Wicked, the sequel. Two. Hannibal, yeah. <laughs> Hannibal Rising. <laughs> this uh, sanitarium or whatever it is that he runs. <laughs> yeah, from is another it age. <laughs> the sanit the thing from um, from Shutter Island because that's what it seems like. Have you guys seen some Shutter Island? No. People A are just like chained ago. up. There's like weird little yeah. prisons. Well, and also he really doesn't seem to be upset about um, his guards fully just like beating Abel up. 
He was like, you know, the nurse that you murdered here was very well liked, so I would be careful if I were you, because my guards might fuck you up. Um, and they do. They break his back. Yeah. And they uh, fire them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a shady uh, administrator, as you mentioned earlier, <laughs> Steph, and he's always... he's There are many times where he sort of finds areas of common ground with Hannibal because they're into sort of mm-hmm. uh, divergent pra- psy- psychiatric practices. Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk more about the food. Yes. Um, yeah, to touch more on the question and <laughs> perhaps. Something that I, I th- it was just so sexy the way he was making that food. Like, just Hannibal is such, like I mentioned before, a sensual character. And um, there's so much effort put into making him this. Well, making I guess, him sexy, yeah. really, yeah. And there, well, because he has to be enticing, and he and he is. And so many characters, and you see in this episode, Alana Bloom get easily seduced by his um, by the sort of care that he performs for mm-hmm. his friends. And I'm making quotation marks with my fingers because they're absolutely not his friends. He's so deeply self-involved that that yeah. carries on a different meaning for him. For sure. But uh, but yeah, there is a lot of sexing. And like, if you Google images of Hannibal... And the <laughs> Which I do every day. <laughs> it's like sexy doctor, or they sort of play on that, yeah. like sexy doctor memes. <laughs> and there are also really funny ones with Gordon Ramsay in Hannibal's kitchen. <laughs> We see, we see Mads prepare this huge meal for his friends. And so uh, the, the dinner party um, that uh, Mads holds is mostly uh, just because, you know, he's like having a rough go of things, right? Right. Well, he's, Will Graham just sort of hired one of the nurses from Chilton's psychiatric facility to, uh, to kill him as sort of a hitman. So that's what happened in the last episode. So he's a bit traumatized, so he wants to make himself happy by throwing a dinner party, but that also means that he's killed a bunch of people recently. I'm going to start by hosting a dinner party. I also <laughs> like the idea that he's like, I'm going to host a dinner party tonight, and then 50 <laughs> people show up. Yeah, like well, those 50 why people not? have nothing to do. Like, that's the kind of social power I would like. <laughs> tonight I'm having a party, 50 people go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No one's maybe Other than, attending like, maybe everyone is definitely yeah. going to be there. Yeah, making a Facebook event. <laughs> that should be a part of Can you imagine? Part of the episode is just Hannibal being like, start time, <laughs> seven, end time, wherever, whenever. Yeah, it's going to be like, like three Google exclamation <laughs> marks and a question mark. Dinner party at Hannibal's. Just bring yourselves. <laughs> Because he seems to have the most amazing wine cellar, and there are several shots I don't subscribe to, because you mentioned that the food looks delicious to you. Um, There are many people online who, like, take photos of, or, like, gifts and go, like, hashtag food porn about the preparation, but I find it so repulsive. I don't Mm -hmm. don't know what it is. Um, Maybe it's because it's always sort of... It isn't human, but the fact that I'm convinced that it is human. Yeah, fair enough. It's convincing enough that you're like, that's what well, like the yeah. step at the end, right? Abel uh, is kidnapped. He's snatched in one sense or another. <laughs> Hannibal serves his leg to him, which is probably yeah. for a show that's often very grotesque and sort of and quite explicitly violent. Uh, I found that the, mo- the most disturbing scene that I've, I've watched in this entire show. For sure. The idea of feeding someone their own their own body mm-hmm. is, is horrifying to me. Yeah. Well, I definitely... I imagine that if somebody were to do that to me, I would not be able to keep it down. But how horrible it would be because it probably tasted delicious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he baked it in the It leg. probably was so good. I mean, yeah, you look at the preparation and everything, and you see this whole thing go down, and, you know, it probably was so good. <laughs> I also imagine that, like, everyone loves Hannibal so much that they're willing to show up, like, on a moment's notice to his parties. But then, like, what if he was just a really bad cook? And everyone's just like, <laughs> yeah. this is great. Oh. This is so good. Yeah. And then really they're, like, just <laughs> spitting it into napkins. 
Yeah, the parties always look so polished, but I would love to see, like, the friends of Hannibal that, like, the one friend who has too much to drink, or <laughs> the friend that no one wants to, he, he never wants to invite, well, but he feels I bet, bad. I bet, like, Alana was kind of that person. She's, like, trying to play chopsticks at the end and is failing miserably. Alana <laughs> Bloom is one of the most frustrating characters on the show because... Till the very end of the second season, she goes on believing that Hannibal is not a serial killer and is a good person, despite every sort of piece of evidence. Oh my gosh. She annoys the heck out of me, and I can't tell whether it's, like, the way that she's written or... Oh, the... it's definitely partly that, because she has some brutal lines. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the performance is probably fairly strong with the material that she's given but yeah I I also noticed that they um like the show in general has fairly muted tones but they keep on putting her in colorful clothing I don't know again whether it's like to be like look at this silly woman in her colors I think I think it's equally problematic but I think she's supposed to be the emotionally warm sort of maternal and caring one sort of Mm -hmm. like the the middleman of the show where everyone else represents sort of a different emotional extreme extreme. right Uh, and she's like oh the kind woman Mm -hmm. who is always looking out for Will and you know is his sexual love interest Hannibal's not interested in her he clearly is just using her as a means to an to an end, but <laughs> using her so he can have an excuse for going to go out and murder, and yeah, <laughs> he has an alibi now. Yes, yeah. So while um, after they hook up for the first time in this episode, uh, she they go they go to bed together, and she sleeps through his and him leaving the apartment, stealing Abel Gideon from a hospital, coming back, <laughs> baking a leg, baking a leg. <laughs> Because you know that takes some practice. <laughs> we baked it in clay. That's, that takes a while. I know. I wonder how far in advance he has to like plan his meals. Because he's like, okay, so I'm going to cut off his leg. So I'm going to probably prepare it like this. I'm going to have to go out and get the clay. Um, after that, oh, I need a huge leaf to wrap can, it all in. I can just uh, picture him writing it in his, in his eye cow. <laughs> like, <laughs> buy giant leaf. <laughs> Where did he get that leaf from? How do you buy? Where do you buy leaves like that? Well, it's like a rhubarb leaf. You thought that that giant leaf, which he wraps the leg in before putting it in clay, was from the forest where he had killed his first victim. Because the victim at the beginning of this is sort of embedded into a tree somehow. Yeah. So. Oh, but okay. Again, where does he have the time to do this? Where is it? Okay, so today, what do I have to do? I have to, I have to go to work. I have like four patients to see, and then, oh yeah, I have to drown a man and then plant him as a tree. Well, first I have to force him to stand in this water for forty-six oh, right. hours. Yes. Right. Somehow. Of course. Oh, then. and then I have to somehow chisel my way into a parking lot. <laughs> chisel and, my way in. And then he truly... But, like, how could somebody not notice that? It explains why he's so fit. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He's just constantly doing manual labor all the time. But but also, yeah, he, he also would have had to observe that person for 46 hours in the water. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have run away. Yeah. And been exposed to some time. And was this yeah. drugged him? Like, he drugs Alana, maybe? Right. Yeah, but then yeah. wouldn't they have found that in his system when they... Okay, I, I just want to know about the transport, quite honestly. He's like, okay, got my guy now. All treat up. Here we go. Just going to rent a pickup truck and go ahead and uh, plant him in the ground. <laughs> Kill you all. Yeah. (laughs) And also, does he automatically know? Is he such a genius that he knows exactly how to execute that crime? Or does he have, like, an amazing search history on Google? (laughs) In which case, how did the NSA not get to him first? (laughs) He uses Google Incognito, man. There are covers all of his tracks. (laughs) (laughs) Also, like... He, it's not just any guy. Like he gives that. There was that part about yeah. the, like birds. Since when is Mads Mikkels or Hannibal getting all political? He's an ardent environmentalist. <laughs> yeah. I was. I he's wrote that down. I was like, green party. so is he just really into birds then? And he was really upset about this for like years though, because I think that they mentioned yeah. this happened years ago. And also, um, the whole thing about, um, so he removes all of this man's organs and replaces them with different poisonous flowers. And this is supposed to indicate that 
he finds this man to be poisonous and to mm-hmm. be very evil. And so this is just, yeah, Hannibal being like, no, the worst crime in the world is to kill the birds, which, yeah. you know, arguably, birds are great. Yeah. And they're a very important part, part, important part of our ecosystem. <laughs> okay? Okay. Yeah, it definitely... I I never actually thought about that. That's really interesting. It also makes me feel like Hannibal reads everything way too closely and would be the most pretentious student to have a class with. He'd be like, oh, God, can you just shut up? Can you just, like, read something with no subtext? (laughs) Imagine if Hannibal were actually just an expert on, like, keeping up with the Kardashians or something like that. Yeah, what is his one vice other than killing Birds. people and eating them? Yeah. Slice. That's his one vice. I'm kind of glad they don't under, go too into depth and into that because he would probably have this long philosophical monologue about the innocence of the birds and how they represent Will Graham to him and, <laughs> and their innocence, but also their viciousness. And that's why he wants to conserve them. I should write for Hannibal. Yeah, you (laughs) really should. But that would definitely get cut for time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we really need another slow-mo sequence, so we're going to have to cut this monologue. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the slow-mo is is out of control. There's actually a sex scene later on in the season where he... And there's a lot of homoerotic stuff that there's been a lot of writing on in terms of what, what goes on in the show. Um, but there's a sex scene where Will Graham is having sex with um, with this one of Hannibal's patients, and he's having sex with Alana, and it is the trippiest, most surreal sex scene so that they blend the two scenes together so it Aww. looks like a foursome. Whoa. Yeah. Holy moly. It so is. Hot. Yeah. It's it's smoking hot. <laughs> well, if you find Maz sexual that, or sensual, then... <laughs> I wrote down he looks like an evil elf. <laughs> <laughs> he Which does look like does. an evil elf. <clears throat> well, final notes about, about uh, dinner parties and... Um, Hannibal in general. Let's, what, what are our final thoughts? Well, spend hours making... I mean, he... There's, like, 50 people at that party, and yep. he caters a meal for them all. Like, yeah. Clear your sketch. When? Clear your sketch, really. Yeah, you want to you wanna really prepare. If you, you have any bad blood with your best friend as well, um, luckily for Hannibal, he doesn't need to invite Will Graham because he's because incarcerated. He locked up. Yeah. yeah. But maybe like have a confrontation with them before, <laughs> throw some some sort of slightly veiled shade on them and <laughs> imply that you're going to hook up with their love interest. <laughs> if you're if you're having bad blood with your best friend before your and, party. You know, as a dinner guest, if you're suspicious at all of your host, just eat the salad. Eat the salad. Or take some leftovers and go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rude. By the I way, I wrote that down. Like, who goes to a dinner party? He's like, I actually have to leave. Can I take some stuff though? Like, what? <laughs> just, just here, just so I can make an appearance. <laughs> Can you please get me a Tupperware? <laughs> and I feel like I, I will not give it back. Hannibal's face goes ashen in that scene, and I can't tell whether it's he thinks that he's going to get caught or, or because that. he's like, "This is just so rude." <laughs> yeah. I kind of like, thought it was not because invited. he thought it was rude. Yeah, I thought yeah. so too. Because he, when it, when it's tested, it's not. People. Human. It's not people. It's not people. Yeah. I wonder how he pulled that off. Well, I guess he really just gave him something, right? He has no idea where that came from. It could have easily been like a separate path. So does, okay, maybe it's like he sprinkles in the human <laughs> throughout some of the dishes. So it's like some he could be sprinkles? getting really delicious human flesh, or you could be getting really delicious otherwise flesh. It's like an evil lottery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Run by an evil elf. Shirley Jackson's gonna write this next one. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And well, also, uh, oh, one sorry. of my favorite lines was right after um, he gets back into bed with Alana or whatever, <laughs> and she like wakes up and her like eyelashes flutter for like a good fifteen minutes, and then <laughs> and then obviously which one is it? They're like, you're awake. <laughs> what a hot line to use first thing mm. in the morning. You're awake. Can you imagine if he said Captain Obvious? (laughs) (laughs) Duh. (laughs) I am now. Well, now it's time for a segment that we call What Does Google Say? (laughs) What Does The Google Say? Yes. Okay, so we just type it right into Google. And the first thing that comes up for me is Dinner Party Maine. 
Um, let's find out what it is. It's off of uh, BBC Good Food. Not and so it suggests... By, it's written by Hannibal Lecter. Yep. Um, <laughs> it suggests salt-baked lamb shanks. Okay. So there you go. Baked lemon sole with lemon and caper paste. Because the body isn't the enough. Paste, 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 by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Paste. What's wrong with paste? It sounds disgusting. Okay. I don't like using it and seeing yeah. it. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like something grainy. I don't know. Yeah. Ew. Paste. Butternut chili. Seems kind of casual. <laughs> That's what... <laughs> it's a little too casual. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably be impressed if somebody made me butternut chili. Hannibal would flip the table. What if they yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, Hannibal, it's uh, serve yourself. And he's like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Baked sea bass with lemon caper dressing. They're loving the capers. And the lemons. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, lemons. Seafood paella. Grilled miso salmon with rice noodles. Oh. Slow roast pork belly with celeriac and pear mash. Also, that sounds weird. Celeriac. Is that just celery? What is that? It's. I think it's celery root. But mm. pear mash is. <laughs> did the mash. Mm. Did the pear mash. Gross. It was a smash. <laughs> it was a pear smash. <laughs> well, thank you, BBC. Good food for uh, for your suggestions. I'll keep those in mind next time I'm hosting a dinner party. If I'm not using flesh. You got it. <laughs> All right, well, shall we move on to um, our next question? Yeah. Should we take a break between questions? Sure. Why don't you play Chopsticks again? (laughs) Why don't you play us a real waltz? (laughs) Play Wonder Waltz. Wonder Waltz. (laughs) Wonder Waltz. I wish somebody had done that at the party. (laughs) Somebody's like, hey, I found an acoustic guitar. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. (laughs) Well, Graham goes, I found out the way to finally kill Hannibal. Breaks out of jail, shows up with an acoustic guitar. (laughs) Today is going to be the day. Well, this next question comes to us from Anonymous. Oh, um, Anonymous, get have your, a lot of problems. Get your life together, please. We're trying to help. We're yeah. trying to help. Um, so, uh, Anonymous asks, how do you learn to express yourself more vocally? And I thought... The show that really, really uh, made this all... Well, the, the show that I thought of immediately was RuPaul's Drag Race. It's one of my favorite shows. Okay. Um, I have a vice, okay? It's not birds. <laughs> it's Slice. watching reality TV about drag queens. Have you seen the entire show? Yes. Every season? Yes. Do you have a favorite season? Yes. Is, Is it, it this, this one? one? Yes. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> um, season six... <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Is there ever a Harry Potter uh, drag challenge? (laughs) I hope that it's coming up. I hope that it's coming up. (laughs) Um, They just all dress up as their favorite characters. Look on Yeah. No, it's just like... (laughs) You have to... You have to um, do a look based on your house. (laughs) Yeah. Look on obviously half above. Sorry to say. Oh, God. Slytherin. (laughs) Slytherin would be a sexy one, though, because you get to wear all of the scales. And I guess so. Scales. Yeah, like, they that's the, true. They have the sexiest colors, like green and... Like, I don't know. I silver. think badgers are pretty damn sexy. Who's badger? Ravenclaw? No. No. Um, Ravenclaw would be a raven, I think. <laughs> <laughs> what about <is that>? claw? <laughs> um, I think Hufflepuff is the badger. Yeah. I always assumed it was a cloud. Like a puff. <laughs> Gryffindor was a door and Slytherin was an inn. There were no rooms at the inn. There are no rooms at the Slither. Inn. Except for a pile of horcruxes. Great. Great. It's like like Princess and the Pea, but the Pea is just like a horcrux every time. Is that amulet? This bed is so uncomfortable and I think haunted. I should have known. I should have gone to Trivago to check out Slytherin. <laughs> Do you think Nagini likes Slytherin? Do you think Nagini likes the song Anaconda or finds it offensive? <laughs> I think she likes it. Like, this gives this gives us 
skewed image of snakes. <laughs> I like to complain. <laughs> Dear Nikki. <laughs> Just on the phone with Nikki. <laughs> She's like, I don't speak parcel tongue for the last time. Following Nikki and Taylor's Twitter feud, Nikki and Nagini have a, have a massive feud. Unforgivables were used. <laughs> Hashtag cruciate. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, okay. Steph. I created a massive divergence. No, no, this is perfect. Beautiful. This is going to stay in in its entirety. This yep, is going to stay Slytherin. Slytherin. <laughs> is there more room at the Slytherin? No. Oh I'm literally crying. Also, my, <laughs> also my stomach sweating. Really the most disgusting <laughs> amount of sweat so, is on sure. my body at this moment. For sure, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Will Graham, when he wakes up from a bad dream in the middle of the night in Hannibal, so always soaked in too much sweat. More than a human person can <laughs> Yeah, take. really. It's like uh, just an outline of him on the bed. <laughs> yeah. He sunk. Yeah. yeah. There was a horcrux underneath him. He just had a bad night's sleep. Nagini was there the whole time. Uh, that's Will Graham's problem. Uh, it's so obvious now. He's haunted by horcruxes. <laughs> One of those dogs, I'm telling you. It's a horcrux. <laughs> sure. Which Once one? again, Alana Bloom, he got it wrong when he loved the dogs. <laughs> this is the best part of Will. It's the worst part of Will. <laughs> it's literally a part of his soul that he divided to rule the wizarding world. Why don't oh, you no. play chopsticks for us again? The final horcrux is the harpsichord. Done, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> Do you ever think that the reason that both Maz and <clears throat> Voldemort have such thin lips is that every time you give away part of your soul as a horcrux, <laughs> you just lose a bit of fullness? <laughs> well, but isn't that a thing, actually, in Harry Potter? Because, like, he changes his, uh, his, his outer being changes. His, uh, yeah, as he, as he starts to he divide himself. so horrible up. because he's like, there's not, he's a shell of a person. Yep. Speaking of horrible people, dead. should we talk about Lagancha? <laughs> we probably should. Cover girl, put the bass in your walk. Head to toe, let your whole body talk. RuPaul's Drag Race is uh, a reality television show um, in which uh, we meet a bunch of uh, different drag queens and they compete for the title of Drag Queen Superstar. Is that it? Oh, yeah. My. And they get some kind of money too, I think? Yeah, $100,000. And don't they go on an absolute sponsored tour? They, they go on a tour. I think this season is actually not sponsored by Absolute, but they have like, yeah, they have different sponsors every time. I think right now it's Scruff Underwear. That's why the pit crew is the Scruff Pit Crew. All, uh, all that good stuff. And like, you know, RuPaul has a makeup line in this season and uh, we see her uh, try to promote that everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this season is full of greats, full of characters. We, Who's your fave? <clears throat> well, Bianca is my favorite. Bianca is the... Um, the comedian? The comedian. Yes, okay. Bianca is everybody's favorite, I think. Yeah, she um, kind of always knows what she's doing um, and really manages to help other people, but she's still a little shady. I like it. She sounds like a bit of an edgier version of Nina Flowers, who was too... <laughs> in season one, who was just too good and too yeah. helpful. Nina was fantastic. I loved Nina in season one because her looks were so strange mm -hmm. and they they were not traditional whatsoever. You do get a nice array of queens. Milk, who was sent home previously, I think three episodes or so before this one that we're focusing on. Um, we're, we're focusing on season six, episode eight, by the way, which is um, Drag Queens of Comedy. Yeah, Milk is supposed to be like the weird one and like she wore a beard on the on the runway and sometimes they're like, we respect you, but then sometimes they're like, that's not drag. Mm -hmm. um, giving nice contrasting advice as they always end up doing on this show. <laughs> yes. So uh, basically what happens in this episode is RuPaul um, puts all the queens on to write and perform a stand-up set for a group of senior citizens. And that definitely scares some people, but, you know, some people... Like, Love, like offensive language. Yeah. So Adore is uh, one character who definitely is scared to go on because she uh, 
she does so much swearing in her regular life. That's uh, something that I love about this show, that everybody swears in it so, so much. Yeah, I like that too, that's funny. And don't fuck it up. And don't fuck it up. And don't fuck yeah, it up. Yeah, you don't usually see that. Yeah, well, um, charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent, I didn't realize for the longest time, is just an acronym. Um, oh my god. Yeah. And RuPaul has always set a good precedent for saying, good luck and don't fuck it up. Oh yes, yeah. very much so. And don't fuck it up. So what we're seeing in this episode is Ben and Darian um, have just both come off of an elimination. Ben and Darian were both not eliminated, so nobody was eliminated, so there's a little bit of tension in the house. Not in the house, they don't live together. And uh, yeah, so we begin the episode just kind of with like everybody being catty, as per usual. Does that happen every episode? They just rip on each other and then somehow they're like, but I love you so much! But like the entire episode is just spent them ripping on each other. Oh yeah, for sure. Which like, fair enough. You know, they love each other, but then they can get over it. Yeah. The conflict at the beginning is mostly between Courtney and Jocelyn. Courtney is saying that Jocelyn is a low-rent version of Courtney. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's offensive. Then we move on to um, Laganja basically just being the worst. And I found Courtney to be, struck me as quite a mean character. Yeah. Um, or sort of constantly, uh, dare I say, like, Hannibal, uh, but also very differently, trying to, like, assert her dominance in the group. So when Jocelyn won that initial challenge where they make mm-hmm. their their chins into drag queens, yeah. uh, she's given, like, the power to do the set list yes. for the comedy evening. Mm-hmm. And uh, Courtney was essentially trying to tell her what to do. Uh, oh, yeah. To sort of sure. put her second last. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Courtney, Courtney definitely has a lot of power in the group because she was one of, she was an Australian idol and I don't know whether she won or whether she just like did a lot or like she got very far or something like that, but it was supposed to be like, oh, it's a big deal because like a drag queen on Australian Idol. Brings a whole new layer to this episode. Mm -hmm. But the other fun thing is that Adore was on American Idol as a boy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. So the layers. Yeah, I know, it's like right? Layers of Hannibal's psyche. Beef psyche. And God. <laughs> and, and his meals. Yeah, just a little backstory for you. <laughs> yeah, so what we're seeing right now um, uh, is basically everybody kind of arguing all over each other. And our silent partner, Trinity K. Bonet, who is not seen saying a word in this episode probably until 15 to 20 minutes in mm-hmm. when they are uh rupaul always goes around the workroom when it's she's kind of like tim gunn styles going around and just checking in on everybody seeing mm-hmm. how everybody's doing and so um trinity is obviously pretty worried about this challenge because she doesn't say very much and she is she's worried about expressing herself vocally I know what you're capable of. In the last challenge, your comedy came out. But it's interesting that almost by habit, you shut down. I don't know, it's just almost something I can't control. You just, you are who you are. Yeah. What, what was the last challenge? Um, so the last challenge was RuPaul's makeup line um, is being released. And uh, so each of the queens, they were in pairs and they had to they had to make an ad for a different type of makeup, each of them. So I think Trinity was paired with Bianca and um, they knew that they were going to be judged as a team. I think that they knew at that point. So Bianca was really encouraging Trinity the whole time and everything because obviously they don't want to be in the bottom two. Yeah, and uh, then, yeah, Trinity did an okay job. Laganja and Adora ended up winning the challenge, though. Doesn't work as well for Laganja this time around. No, it does not. (laughs) So let's just talk about how Laganja is different than Trinity. In in terms of learning to express Yeah, themselves? just, well, in general, like, how, how we're introduced to them is just, it couldn't be more different well, in this episode. Yeah, we're introduced to Trinity uh, sort of frustrated at a desk, working away at her, at her mm-hmm. comedy, and you know, there's several sort of split to a little interview where she talks about how nervous she is, and Laganja's mm-hmm. just under a table. Mm-hmm. Commanding all the attention. Well, demanding all the attention. Yeah, well, yes. commanding. Um, I had no idea that the girls were so annoyed with me. The fact that I'm putting on a voice is definitely news to me. To me, it reads that it's something you're hiding behind. 
and it seems like it's a cry for attention, and it seems like you demand attention rather than command attention. Elsa? Here we go. Jocelyn said it. She does. I I mean, I, when I saw that, I was immediately annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> so like, basically, I, yeah, we see we see Trinity just, like, working away, trying to, trying to do her thing, and Laganja, yeah, is sitting under a table with a no smoking sign attached to her head. Right. Um, and uh, she's just talking to herself and trying to work out her material. But in a particular voice. Yeah. So it, yeah, she has this she has this character that she puts on in drag, but it seems to bleed into every other aspect of her character. The judges say that I'm hiding behind a character, but I think Laganja is maybe the person who's actually afraid to be exposed right now. Truer words never spoken. Never. I find it very... Laganja is an incredibly irritating and at times, like, very abrasive and offensive character, but in the sort of brief spouts of watching RuPaul's Drag Race, I, there's always this criticism from the judges that they should be more themselves and mm-hmm. their sort of inner person isn't shining through and they need to be truer to themselves. But that seems to undermine, in some ways, what drag is, right? Which is developing well, this let's, character. Let's just listen to Bianca real quick here, too. I also think she's not allowing herself to be who she is, which sounds crazy when we're talking about men in wigs. But it is funny because uh, we're putting they they they're putting on all of this makeup and a dress and everything, um, and putting projecting a different persona. And in some cases, they feel like yes, this is this is my true self. But for other people like Ben and Laganja, it seems like no, that really is a character that you're putting on. Mm-hmm. Right, and, yeah. you, and you name you name your drag persona, yeah. and they, they sort of are an extension of you, but they, they're different from, from you in, mm-hmm. in many ways, or they're another, another you. And I just, I, Michelle Visage kept saying that, like, I'm not seeing enough of you, mm-hmm. which seems That's like... That's always her criticism. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, um, Bianca addresses this in her stand-up as well. All I've ever heard from the judges was that we need to see more versatility. And you know what I gotta say to y'all? Is that I will show you versatility when Santino wins a sewing competition and Visage wears a fucking turtleneck. You hear me? Is Michelle Visage... What- she was like a personality in the early 90s, I believe. I think she was kind of like RuPaul's right-hand lady when she was hosting the TV show, like her talk show. She had like a Tyra-esque talk okay. show, I think, for a portion of time. Michelle Visage? No, RuPaul. Oh, RuPaul. And Michelle would just like come on, be like kind of like the Andy the to her Conan, to, to her uh, Conan or... So the Gale to her Oprah. Yeah, that would be a more apt description, I think. <laughs> And who is Santino, for people who don't know? A delightful contestant, a runner-up on season two of Good Runway. Old Project Runway. Which is, that's my only, that's the only, like, competition reality TV show I've ever watched in any detail, so this is the only thing I have to compare this to, which is... How actually, did it, how did it hold up? Well, the cattiness is so much more on the surface here because everyone in Project Runway, especially on this current season that I'm watching right now, is extremely catty to each other. But on the show, they they do it in the like little interviews when no one's around. And then when people do confront some someone, it's always a huge moment. Mm-hmm. And everyone is like shocked that someone would tell someone to their face. This is what RuPaul's Drag Race seems to be all about. Everyone oh, yeah, telling each sure. other stuff to their face all the time. Yeah. Which is interesting because it's it seems mean, but then the scheming behind other people's backs and being like, I hate you behind your back is... Also mean. It's <laughs> pretty mean too, so I don't know. I think, I think what I like about RuPaul's Drag Race is you kind of get to see how much work these people put into mm-hmm. um, their looks, and it's really impressive, I think, to, to see how much time takes that they take into putting on the makeup, into designing their outfits, into creating a character that really speaks to them and speaks to other people. Not, not unlike Hannibal. Where do they find the time? <laughs> where, where, where do, do they, they find, find the time? The time? <laughs> do, do, yeah, do. I find the show, since it's sort of 
conception has there's a certain sincerity to it that's that's really sure. refreshing like often in reality competition shows you you know people go i'm just i just want to win so badly or i'm doing i'm being the best version of myself um but with i'm not here to make friends um, yes yeah but on rupaul's drag race you know it, it comes across as quite quite genuine they mm-hmm. they really are there to work very hard and and this is an important opportunity for them, yeah. at, afforded to them as, as drag drag queens, which where often you're well, just performing in a bar. Maybe that's why Laganja, why she was so poorly received in general um, as a person on this show, because she puts on this affected voice and um, then can't seem to see that there is a character that she's putting on. She doesn't realize it, or she does, and she's milking it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's always hard to tell with reality TV whether mm-hmm. it's something that a contestant is aware of or is not aware of. Like, how... It's just shocking with Laganja. Like, how are you that unself-aware mm-hmm. that well, you don't realize? Let's take a listen to her stand-up, because... It's a good example of just how she ends up kind of falling flat and where this persona that she's hiding behind doesn't carry her through. Because I guess, like, she seems to be coasting on it. She seems to be using it um, as a security blanket. And this is a point when the security blanket fails. In fact, it's a little chilly. Hey, 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 hey! Put your lighters up! Ganja's in the house! As you can tell from my accent, I am from Dallas, Texas. And it was not very easy growing up looking like this. Whether I was playing in my grandma's clothes or putting on a show for my well-organized, alphabetically ordered beanie babies, I was good, 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 gay. Pretty. Okay. I'm just gonna play that one again. Okay. I feel like okay. the okay <laughs> gives a really Okay. Good. Okay. Okay. They should have an easy button, but okay. Okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think getting back to the question that we're talking about and what what really the difference is between Laganja and Trinity is that Trinity is able to find her voice when she's being true to herself and when she's giving something of her, like, like, because she talks about, you know, her family and uh, struggling when she was growing up with poverty and things like that. Yeah. And... But she's still able to find comedy in it, but, but she's putting something true about herself out there versus Laganja is just so alienating because it's like what she's talking about is so clearly, I mean, so just so clearly like that constructed and yeah. constructed yeah. And, yeah. and vapid and, you know, it's so, so I think to get back to the question is I think a lot of expressing yourself more vocally is really find your what, truth yeah which is what they always say in stand-up comedy classes apparently i've never taken one <laughs> um but what they say is find your truth and mm-hmm. um when you do that that's when you'll be able to make people laugh because that'll be the point when you can you can be yourself but also find what's unique about yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe let's listen to Trinity's stand up here. <laughs> and um, the only way we had the opportunity to eat was my mother would read us recipes from a cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, how I got full mini nights off of the roast beef on page 27. <laughs> but a really unfortunate thing happened. My sister caught an ear infection, so she starved to death. <laughs> So, I mean... It's not the funniest yeah, thing. Yeah, not the funniest ever. thing, but it being her, it's so impressive. And it's a big deal for her. RuPaul actually gets quite emotional when he tells Trinity that she is safe in the competition and how impressed he was by her mm-hmm. I'm going to try to say this without getting emotional. I'm so proud of you. Based on what you've done in this competition before, there seems to be a certain defeated energy that I've seen and I do the same thing myself and I have to I have to talk myself off that ledge what you've done is you have overcome your saboteur and I'm so proud to see it I'm so proud to see it applause big applause for Trinity which is why I was actually quite disappointed that Trinity didn't win this challenge yeah but she wasn't the best (laughs) 
No, but it's it's like I understand why Bianca won, mm-hmm. but but the whole point about her like finally finding herself after struggling for so long that mm-hmm. seems to be a commendable thing. I I definitely think so, but I also think that had they given Trinity the win there, Bianca would have lost her shit. I don't think she would have lost it. I think she would have been like, oh no, I get it. Which makes me want Bianca to win even more. Yeah. And Bianca does win the season, right? She does. Spoiler alert. Spoilies. <laughs> um, where, does Tr- Trinity get eliminated? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember Trin- the context. Trinity gets eliminated the very next, next episode. episode. Thank you, Wikipedia. Oh yeah, Adore sends her home. But it's a really fantastic lip sync. Again, these lip syncs are just top, top dollar. They're so good. The The lip sync between um, Laganja and uh, Jocelyn at the end is fan-fucking-tastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. They sing Stupid Girls by Pink. And on the same beat of the song, they both jump into the splits. It's so good. <laughs> and it, it's so impressive. And all of the other girls are, like, loving it as well. It just seems like a very fun moment of yeah. chance that happens on the show. Even, yeah, even the getting sent home part is fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> XOXO ganja. <laughs> <laughs> Choke on my extravaganja. Hashtag. Mm. <laughs> she will be so impressed that we're using it. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now. And from this season, there are five people with their own Wikipedia page, Laganja being one of them. Ooh, the, like, yeah. three of them are the top three. Yeah. And then Laganja is one of the other five. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, she got her wish in many ways. She's made a lasting impression. I guess so. <laughs> Can I ask you a question as a regular sort of watcher of the, or viewer of the show mm-hmm. stuff? If Hannibal Lecter was a guest judge mm-hmm. on RuPaul's Drag Race. Not Mads um, Mikkelsen, Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. Um, or you, or you can choose. Um, what sort of advi- what sort of judge do you think he would be? Oh, I think he would very much like. I would hope that he would be the warmest judge out of all of them. <laughs> I would hope that he would be like. You know, I feel like you're really improving, and it warms my heart to see you do so. Yeah, <laughs> but no facial change. Yes. Like his face is just as black yeah. as always. And he'd just be like. You know, you made me laugh like I've never laughed before. <laughs> Except just, he never smiled yeah. once. <laughs> and they just hit, like have to show a little clip of him during the show, yeah. and it's like his face is completely blank. Yeah, he was like, I've never laughed so hard in my life. I'm glad he's uh, the guest judge, though, not Will Graham, because because of the pure empathy when someone gets sent home. Oh my he would god! Just not be able to handle. Just like breaking down with Laganja. <laughs> Yeah. Imagine Will Graham doing Laganja's okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Vibrating. Sweating. Horns growing out of his head. Antlers. He should just be a contestant. Yeah, seriously. Well, he would. Sorry. It would be the do- his dogs, because his dogs are the best part of him. What? We forgot to mention in the Hannibal segment that Alana Bloom, there's that long scene where she's walking with Jack in the forest by Will's house. Yeah. And she says to him, it's actually quite mean. Um, <laughs> Will's dogs are the best part of him. Oh my God. Because they're horror crisis. That's why. Yeah. Each and every one of them. Ben is such a beautiful idiot. <laughs> Sweet dream or a beautiful nightmare. <laughs> Both. Darling. I'm a nightmare. Dressed. As a daymare. <laughs> that's exactly right. As a daydream? Oh, yeah. No, that's what we're going for. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think that we see that Trinity um, overcomes her fears and is able to express herself more vocally in this episode by finding her truth. So what we'd say to you, Anonymous, is go ahead and find your truth. Find it. Is that your meds? No, that's my... I have no idea. That may be my meds. I don't know. <laughs> it was your meds. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was your meds. I didn't even know it. just taken over. Just went for it. <laughs> I haven't um, laughed like this before. <laughs> let's let's go ahead and type this question into Google real quick. What if an image of well, Maz Mikkelsen just pops, pops up as the first <laughs> How do I express myself more vocally? Maz. <laughs> How to express yourself to others. Selfgrowth.com Seems like a reputable source. Oh, yeah, it's for sure. It's written by Hannibal Lecter. Self-growth 
One of the hardest things to do when you're communicating with someone is expressing yourself. How many times have you said something that just didn't come out the way that you wanted it to? How many times have we said something that we really didn't mean, but we were too frustrated to stop it from being said? How many times? Every time. Oh my gosh. Well, basically what the... Oh, this is a long article. It gives you some bullet points. Do a lot of reading. Do some writing on your own. Don't fear other people's judgment when you're upset. Write a letter. Be mature when you express yourself. Ask questions. AKA, find your truth. Find your truth. Well, I hope that everyone can find their truth, like Trinity, and I hope that in season Smiles, Hannibal, will find his his truth in season three. (laughs) All right. Well, should we sign off with a little bit of a Harry Potter? I'm sorry. Goodbye. Wait, we still every time don't do a thing where like I'm this, like this is what okay. find me here, find me there. Okay. <laughs> I'm Steph. I'm Laura. Find us on Twitter at Get a Grip Dude Pod. Pod. And on Instagram at Get a Grip Dude Show. Also, Get a Grip Dude Show. Send us your questions, your cues. Send us your, your cues. We want to we wanna hear from you. Um, do you have anything you want to plug, Katie? Yeah. Mads Mickelson Instagram. Follow me on academia.edu. <laughs> and Katie Connell. <laughs> Nicholson Lover 4. If he followed me, I would delete my profile. I just, I'd quit. All jobs, I'd be good for life. <laughs> quit while you're ahead. Yes. Well, that's it for this week. I'm sorry. Goodbye. Yeah. No, don't read anything into anything. Reading's stupid. TV 